welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Amen. If you have a Bible or device, device, um, turn to Matthew 11 this morning. Summer, you're so cool. I don't know if I'm going to get past your sunglasses this morning, but I want you guys, every time you look at this girl, you walk past her, she's just not trying to be cool. She is cool. She's taking her a cool factor to the next level. But Summer um, had a concussion last week in school, so if you're wondering why she's wearing sunglasses. So every time you see her, you just say, I thank God that you are healed in the name of Jesus. You just put your hand on her. It's not the first concussion that she's had, so we're just hugging her, and we're loving her, and we're just declaring the word of God over this little big girl. I almost called you a little girl. When you're my age, everyone's little, so it's good. Okay, so we're going to read Matthew eleven twenty-eight, And I want to talk to you guys today just for a little bit about living out of the overflow. And I was sharing with Pastor Blake. I was like, yeah, I'm going to preach on this. He's like, oh, I thought you were speaking on living out of the overflow. I said, I am speaking on living out of the overflow. You know, and, and living out of the overflow, yes, is living a life in, in the power, you know, in the flow of the, of the Holy Spirit. But then there's some other little things in the word that we could do just to make life a lot better for us and easier. And in Matthew 11:28, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 29 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Who, many, who likes this verse? I love this verse. I just, I hear this verse from time to time. I'm like, oh, right. You know, you just like, right. And I opened my phone a couple days. Um, opened up. Who gets the news on their phone, the news app? Sometimes you wish you didn't get the news app on your phone. But I opened it up. And it just started blasting out some interesting facts, um, stats to me. And it was through um, Gallup's, which is an Um, an analytics company, but it says Americans are some of the most stressed out people in the world. A quarter of Americans feel sadness. That's sad. 22% are angry, you know, and and our hearts do go out to what happened yesterday in San Diego with the shooting in that synagogue, and one person died yesterday, but 22% are angry. 50% 5% feel stressed out through the day. This is 35% globally, you guys. And in the age demographic, that's actually the highest between 15 and 29. Second highest between 30 and 49. And then they listed off some other countries. But, you know, I read stuff like that. And I'm like, God, that is not how you've called us to live. That is not the God who I serve. That is not the God who gives us gave us love, who gave us joy, who gave us peace, who gave us rest. And we read scriptures like this. And these are the words of Jesus, by the way. These are the words of Jesus. And he's saying, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. You know, God's called us to live with eyes to see. You know, we say these things. God, give me eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to obey. I say that all the time. And yet God's saying, come to me, all who are weary, and, and I will give you rest. God's calling us to, a, to live a capacity in him, not live a capacity out of our own strength. In the message, it says in verse 28, if we have that, do we have that? Are you tired? Perfect. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? 
Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Isn't that so good? Come to me, get away with me. And I like to even think you'll recover your breath. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Next scripture. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Those are the words of Jesus. But here he's saying, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. How many of us have caught ourselves saying, you know, life's just about balance? Who's, who have you ever caught yourself saying that? I just need to find the balance. Or someone's saying, you just got to find balance in your life. But guess what, guys? Balance doesn't exist. For balance, <laughs> shocker. And they're like, prove it. Prove it. Well, life is changing every day. For balance to exist, everything would have to be even Stevens in every part of, in every second, microsecond of your day, everything would have to be even. You have three or more kids in here, you know that balance does not exist, right? <laughs> you know. We have two, and we always thought, well, you know, if we have two, there's one for me and one for you. Yeah, it would be easy. Like, you can each get one. But when you start having three or more, then the, tails, the scales start getting tipped, and suddenly what you have is like an uneven number in the family, you know, and then, you know, then you really need the Spirit of God to raise children in the name of Jesus. And we do it by the grace of God. But God's calling us to the unforced rhythms of his grace. So life isn't as much about balance as it is about grace. It's that God is wanting us to teach the ebbs and flows of his spirit of learning his word each and every day. Like, you remember that song, I Walk to the Garden Alone? And he walks with me and he talks with me. I don't know the rest of the words. And he tells, I am his own. It was my grandmother's favorite song. But, you know, it, it just, the song really depicts Adam walking with, Jesus, or with God in the garden, in the cool of the day. And this is what God is wanting us to learn is the unforced rhythms of his grace. Can we go back to English Standard Version of Matthew 11? So it's saying, come to me. So Jesus, the first thing, what do we notice here? He's saying, come. Say, come. To me. And then what's another word that we notice? All. He's not leaving anybody in this room out. He's saying, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Who's going to give us the rest? Jesus. Okay, next scripture. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So you guys know what a yoke is? You know, Pastor Jake, he spoke on Sabbath two weeks ago. I can't remember if you used his scripture or not. But a yoke is used for farmers, okay? So in fields, what would they do? They'd put a yoke on cattle, put a yoke on oxen. Why? To get them to walk together, to get them to work together initially. A yoke is a thing that unites things. But a yoke in the natural, if you were to go put the yoke, uh, yoke, yoke of an oxen, if you're to go put the yoke of an oxen on your neck, how do you think that's going to feel? Heavy. It's probably going to hurt. It's going to be really uncomfortable. But Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you. So the yoke really is nothing more than a tool. It's a tool. And Jesus is saying, take the tool that I give upon you and learn from me. Do you know what I think one of those tools is? Pastor Jake started speaking on this two weeks ago, is Sabbath. Because he starts off saying, come to me, all who are weary 
and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That was the clue in there. I will give you rest. And then right after that, he's saying, take my yoke, take my rest. Practice Sabbath is a tool, and we're going to go further in that in the word this morning, upon you and learn from me. There's things that the Lord is wanting to teach us in, in this space of rest. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. I had a message pop up on my Instagram. Truthfully, guys, I can hardly keep up. People Facebook messaging, Instagramming, if you're on Snapchat, Snapchat, like emails. And if you have, like me, you have more than one email, like there's just like so many emails happening and then text messages. Or you have two cell phones, you know, like there's so much. But I, have, I had a message pop up on Instagram and it was an old friend of mine from Calgary and she said, Jenny, how are you doing? And I was like, good. She's like, what's the Holy Spirit showing you today? You haven't been sharing with us lately what the Holy Spirit's been showing you. And I was just like, oh, I haven't been sharing what the Holy Spirit has been showing me. And she was like, what's the Holy Spirit uh, showing you today? What's he telling you? And I said, he's telling me to rest. He's telling me to rest. You know, you just can't be pouring out. You can't be pouring out. You can't be pouring out each and every day. There's some seasons where you just got to draw back. You got to pull back. You got to sit back. Even Mike had made a comment to me this morning. I said, yeah, have you noticed? I've just, like, pulled back a little bit just to rest. And there's seasons and cycles that we will have to be um, aware and discerning when the Holy Spirit's calling us to draw back, to listen to that, and don't get afraid. And not to get caught up in the FOMO of, like, what other people, FOMO, okay, fear of missing out, okay? You, did you know that? <laughs> FOMO, <laughs> FOMO is fear of missing out. It's, just, it's actually been a thing for a few years now, but FOMO is the fear of missing out. But there's things that we can look at that's happening in other people's lives where it can actually push us out of that place of rest because you're like, oh, I should be going to do that. And then you're like going to do this. And then someone else is doing that. Oh, that looks like fun too. And oh, I should be doing that. Oh, I should be do, doing that. Whereas if we're not careful and God is calling us into a season of rest, but we're trying to do this and everything else, guess what's going to happen? We're going to burn out. God has not called us to live a life of burnout. He has called us to a life of the overflow, not the overleft. Okay? He's not called us to live a life of what's left over. But he's called us to live a life in the flow over, in the overflow of learning to heed his voice, to sit at his feet and learn the unforced rhythms of his grace. And guess what? I promise you, and I'm learning this big time in my life, and it's beautiful as God walks me through this season of learning the unforced rhythms of his race and not just pulling back a little bit, but pulling back a lot. And just realizing, you know what, everything is not just going to be all right when God calls us to those things, you guys. It's going to be more than all right. And the things and the dreams and the plans that God has put in your heart will get done as you continue, as we continue to take heed according to the word of God as he speaks to us. I was supposed to be in Nashville this weekend writing music with some really awesome people. You know, so I'm looking on Instagram yesterday and just you know, like just liking people's photos and they're all like taking, you know, 15, 16 of them in a room taking photos and like, oh, awesome weekend and like writing music. We wrote 14 songs and you know what? Didn't even face me. Didn't even face me. And we're just like, guys, I've been praying for you. I'm just so happy for what God's doing in your life. You know why? Because I knew what God had called me to do. He had called me to stay home. He called me to stay home and there was just no fear 
when, when we learn the unforced rhythms of his grace, guys, there is just no fear attached to that because all we want to do is be pleasing to our Father. And we know that he has his highest and best for us. And guess what, guys? You are never going to miss out on a thing in every obedience that you give to Jesus Christ. Never. And in fact, he's going to take you farther and he's going to take you wider beyond your wildest dreams as you learn to heed the voice of the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, amen. So, so one of the tools that he gave us was Sabbath. So Pastor Jake did teach on this about the Shabbat in Hebrew. So the Shabbat is Friday sundown, okay, and people would say till Saturday sundown. But then I did a little bit of research, and it's actually till you see the first three stars on Saturday. A lot of Christians will use Sunday as their Sabbath, and we can read that in Genesis 2, verse 2. And on the seventh day, God finished his work and that he had done and rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that God had done in creation. Say, God rested. Look at your neighbor and say, God rested. Look at your other neighbor and say, God rested. Say to yourself, I need to rest. Say, rest is normal. Say, rest is holy. Rest is healthy. Rest is going to make me happy. <laughs> so I was reading this again last night um, before bed, and I noticed something new. Isn't that fun when he just shows you something new that you hadn't seen before? Let's go to verse 2. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done. I was sharing this with Uche this morning. Say, God finished his work. Say it again. Say, God finished his work. And then what do we read in the next verse? It says that he rested. And you know what the Spirit of God just said so subtly to me? He said, some people aren't resting because they're not being faithful to finish the work. Did you hear that? Everyone, someone laughed. <laughs> Some of us aren't resting because maybe we haven't been faithful stewards on the job. Maybe we haven't been faithful stewards with our checkbook. Maybe we haven't been faithful stewards to manage our homes. Maybe we haven't been faithful stewards to keep things in order. So we don't feel like we can rest. But it said, but God finished his work. So... Part of resting is just keeping our day-to-day -day lives in order. And then, next verse, three, so God blessed it. Say, he blessed it the seventh day, and he made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work. You know what I love about God, and we see this over and over in Scripture? He's not a do what I say. Well, he is, but he's so much bigger than that. Do what I do. You know, do as I do. And just like Jesus, or what Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So God blessed it, and he made it holy. He made it holy. Do you know what holy means? Young people, do you know what holy? Say it out. It means set apart. That he sanctified it. That it was special. When you read scriptures in the Bible, when it talks like it's a commandment, or he makes it holy, or he sanctifies it, pay big time attention to those things 
because that means God's really calling you to do that and something's going to happen. And in this, in this case, when we make it holy in our own lives, we're going to bring rest into our, into our lives. So let's go to Exodus 31.13. So the thing that we notice in Exodus 2 as well is that we know that there's seven days in a week. So the Sabbath isn't just like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. God has not just called us to a vacation. God has not called us to hit a wall, crash, burn out, worn out, wiped out, cranked out, you know. But, but in Genesis 2, it was a weekly, it, on the seventh day he rested, which means, guys, we are supposed to practice this weekly in our day-to-day lives. And we've started to in our own home. It just even in the last month, we've just big time, we've gotten better about not writing people back. I don't feel that pressure where I have to write people back. God has set me free from the pressure of returning every single text at every given moment. But there's little things that you can do even once a week in that Sabbath is just pull back and rest. And as you create that rhythm and that, and that that rhythm in your day-to-day week, you're going to allow more capacity. You are going to, you are going to have, you're going to have greater sight. You're going to begin to hear better. In Exodus 31:13, it says, "You are to speak to the people of Israel above all, and say, above all, you shall keep my Sabbath, for this is a sign between you and throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you." Say, sanctify. So sanctify, we talked about it's holy, to be set apart. But did you know that sanctify also means to betroth? Betroth means to marry. It's a pledge to marry. It's a choice to commit yourself and all of yourself to the Lord. Some of us need to make a choice today to sanctify this area of Sabbath in our hearts to the Lord. In Exodus 28, it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Say, remember the Sabbath day. And keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall, do, you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughters and all your children said amen. <laughs> your male servant or your female servant or your livestock. I wrote here, you don't have to walk your dog on the Sabbath. <laughs> no. Sorry, Frank, not today. So I'm kidding. Or the sojourner that is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed. See? Therefore, they're repeating the words in Genesis here. Okay? Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. You know, I've really been thinking this week about the Ten Commandments, and I've just been going over and over them, and I realized that we emphasize some of them, but we have just kind of pushed some of those commandments to the side. Can you see that as I'm just talking about that today? Murder, nope. Definitely shouldn't do that. You know, commit adultery, no, don't do that. But then it talks about remembering the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And we're just like, oh, no, it's fine. And once in a while, we get a rest. Am I right? Show of hands. Once in a while, we get a rest. Once in a while, we get a rest. But God is calling us to rhythmically, weekly, come into his rest to begin to receive 
his best and to really embrace his word. Like Psalm 119 says, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And sin literally means, and, and Stan and I were talking about this week, sin literally just means to miss the mark. But for us to reach the mark, God's calling us to rest. Uh, Eugene Peterson said this. You guys know Eugene Peterson? He wrote the message and some really amazing, incredible uh, works. Sabbath is not primarily about us or how it benefits us. It's about God and how, it, and how God forms us. It's not in the first place about what we do or don't do. It's about God. Did you hear that? It's not in the first place about what we do or don't do. It's about God. It's about completing and resting and blessing and sanctifying. These are all things that we don't know much about. But it does mean stopping and being quiet long enough to see. Open mouth with wonder. Say wonder. We cultivate the fear of the Lord. Our souls are formed by what we cannot work up or take charge of. We respond and enter, what the resur- enter into what the resurrection Jesus continues to do. I just had to read that over and over. I'm still taking in all those words that he said, but it's not about us. It's actually about God and just about even bringing, taking that yoke. Say, God, I'm going to take a day a week to remind myself to take that yoke, that yoke of rest upon me to reflect upon you. And as I take that yoke of rest that you told me to come and rest upon me, that in that place, as I just sit there and I think about you, God, um, I will be blessed as I just reflect on your creation. Sydney and I went hiking yesterday, and it was our first hike of the year. And I had just said to her in the morning, I said, do you want to go uh, run up or not run? Definitely not run on the first time. But do you want to go up Teapot? And I was, she was just so quickly said, sure. So before I knew it, we were walking up Teapot, and she had put on the new Hillsong United album, which is so incredible, by the way. We were listening to this song, you are whole, or This is Holy Ground. Anyway, and I said, you know what, sweetie, can you just turn that off? Just, it was awesome. Like, there was nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. It was awesome. It's a great album, anointed. But I said, let's just listen to nature. Let's just listen to the birds. Let's just listen to one another. Let's just have a conversation and just, like, talk. You know, and we went, before we knew it, we were up the mountain. And before we knew it, we were down the mountain. And you know what? We were happier. We were, it's like you're seeing things that you didn't see before. You're hearing things that you didn't hear before. You are smiling in a way, well, mostly because it was done, you know. And if you walked up teapot, some of those things can be grueling. But, you know, it just brought us to this place of lightness, of rest, and ease as we just took time just to be with one another and with God. And you know what happens when we do things rhythmically is that it, it's, not like just a, it's not just like a thing that we do. But as we gain, we gain a Sabbath heart. Did you hear that? As you practice it, you, begin, you gain a Sabbath heart. And it starts becoming who you are. This just becomes something who we are. And guess what happens as we gain a Sabbath heart? We begin to sanctify our time. We begin to sanctify our time. We don't really feel that pressure to have to do everything. 
when people ask you to do things, you think twice about it. Who thinks twice about just giving your time to people? You should think twice about who you and what you give your time to. Ephesians 5 says, be wise. Understand what the Lord, or the will of the Lord is. Don't walk as fools, but walk as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. But when we gain, when we when we begin to practice Sabbath, we gain a Sabbath heart, and then what happens is, is we begin to sanctify our time because we realize that time is finite and time with the Lord is holy. And God will begin to multiply our time through that. And there's two, there's two things in time that are stated in, 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 in the Greek, and one is chronos and one is kairos. Chronos time, chronos, chronology, chronicle. Chronos depicts like time is marching. Time is like this forced march, and you just feel pressured. Who's ever felt pressured that time was running out? You just feel pressured like, you know, I've got to find a job. I've got to get this done. I've got to do this. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to. Any time that you get to that place and you start hearing yourself saying, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to. You're probably, you're probably slipping out of the rest of God and you're moving into, you're moving out of the rest of God. And God's calling us to live out of the overflow. And the other time is kairos. And guess what kairos says? Kairos is, is the time that says, what is this time for? And when, when we're living out of rest, we're not so quick to give that time away. You know, and we're just like, you know what, I'm going to pray about that. What's this, what's this time for? And we're not living, we're, Kronos really lives out of that fear. I got to, I got to. But Kairos time is living out of that place of love. It's living out of that place of rest and saying, what is this time for? If the worship team could come up to the front. So God's called us to live holy we have that slide up there that talks about Sabbath? Yeah, healthy, holy, happy. Yeah, Sabbath. Holy, healthy, and happy. If we could all just stand up in this place this morning. Pastor Jake had started speaking on this two weeks ago, and I really, really sense strongly that God was wanting just to get some more things solidified in us as a church about resting and coming into this place of rest and learning to practice uh, resting in our weekly day-to-day or in our weekly lives. And if we could just lift our hands to Jesus this morning, just in a posture of humility, and just say, God, say, God, would you give me an understanding heart? A heart that hears and a heart that obeys. A heart that is not afraid, but one that moves closer into your love. I thank you, Father, for your rest just to wash over me today in your presence. So I come and I heed your word to rest to practice rest, knowing that in you, everything 
is going to be more than all right. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.